Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Nicholas, for giving us the opportunity to tackle this very interesting subject once more. We are going to elaborate on optimizing SIP technical management, trying to achieve synergies, increase efficiency, reduce cost in this very challenging environment. We have a very distinguished panel here. I would like to introduce all of them. I will start with the lady of the panel, uh, Daniela Lamens. Welcome, uh, Daniela, to Greece. This is your first time here. Uh, Daniela is uh, a maintenance excellence manager of Exma Shipping. Exma Ship Management is involved in uh, exploitation, transportation, and transformation of gas. Uh, they have uh, a fleet uh, of substantial size exceeding the 50. And uh, Daniela is she's a, a chemist uh, engineer as a profession. Thank you, Daniela. Moving forward, uh, I'd like to, going by alphabetical order, Andreas uh, Hadzipetru. He is the managing director of Columbia Ship Management based in Cyprus. Andreas is well known to the Capital Link forums. And uh, Columbia, of course, is uh, one of the largest individual ship managers and offers uh, service to more than 350 ships worldwide trade. Next to me is a newcomer, is Lucas Cañaros, who is the, the technical director of Andres uh, Elas, the dry ship division. They are managing a fleet exceeding 16 ships, dry ships, all of them. Moving further down is Dimitris Orfanos, who is the CEO of Dorian LPG Management, and they are the technical managers of LPG-listed company New York Stock Exchange, and they are managing a fleet of more than 22 ships. Dimitris is, uh, apart from having a degree, he's also an ex-seafarer, which uh, gives a little bit of additional uh, angle to this uh, panel. Last but not least, of course, is uh, well known to everybody, George Thanopoulos, who is the technical manager of NEDA Shipping, NEDA Maritime Shipping, and uh, he is involved in the dry division of the fleet, and they are managing more than 15 ships. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. And uh, let's start with uh, what is the actual subject of this panel. Optimization. A very easy definition of optimization is finding an alternative with most cost-efficient or achieving the best performance under certain constraints by reducing the undesired factors and maximizing the desired factors. That's a very simple definition. Is it so simple? I'm afraid not. We are optimizing continuously, obviously subconsciously. Most of our day, for all of us, is a continuous optimization of processes. I will give you a very funny example, which uh, I was thinking uh, yesterday, what it would be appropriate. Going from home to the office every day. We optimize continuously because we have to think do we have time? Do we need a comfort factor to, comfort, 
comfort factor to be involved? Do you need the cost factor to be involved? Or the speed? These are very simple uh, thoughts that they cross our mind every day before we decide which route we are going to follow. On top of that, if we have, let's say, the luxury and choose between a car, a bicycle, or a motorcycle, we have also three more options. And the more we go on, the, the, the actual list is endless. Optimization is an endless procedure. Of course, now uh, trying to focus on uh, the technical SIP manager, management, uh, we can open, uh, let's say, a, a subject that uh, probably we have to stay here a few days and still not be able to conclude. The challenges are, uh, they fall under a variety of themes which we cannot really focus on all of them. But at the end of the, of the panel uh, uh, discussions, I would like uh, to find a solution if there are a few areas that we should focus on primarily. Instead of having a presentation on PowerPoints with, uh, from the panelists, we have decided that we'll try to have a more interactive approach. That means uh, asking questions and uh, giving a different angle of approach from each panelist because everyone is coming from the same industry but from a different sector. So uh, allow me to start with a very simple question and uh, uh, I, will, I will require uh, Daniela as a lady to start first and then uh, go uh, further down uh, to the rest of the panelists. A very simple question is that uh, what is your company perspective as far as optimizing technical SIP management is concerned? Daniela. Thanks, Theo. Um, I'm very glad to be here. It's the first time. Um, I'm representing Exmar and Exmar Ship Management. Now, Exmar is an owner of several uh, fleets. First of all, we have an LPG fleet, LNG fleet, and we have now also the FSRU, and we have also an FLNG. Uh, Exmar Ship Management is uh, the manager and operational uh, part for these ships, but we are also doing the uh, operation and maintenance for other owners. Just to explain a little bit the background. Now, um, optimization of technical management is very important, actually, and I will try to explain why. Um, first of all, uh, the business model of Exmar has changed completely since a few years. Um, before, we were also traders, like most of you. Uh, we went uh, as an LNG carrier from one point to the other point, but now it's over. From now on, we, we are in fact not uh, anymore traveling, but we are staying on the same location and we are regasification. So it means that we are operating continuously. It means that we are talking here about a complete different way of operations. It's continuous operations. Contracts are different, meaning we need to, to comply with a certain availability. Also a term which is not really used, I think, in the shipping world, but in operations it's normal. So, for, for example, for the FLNG, we need to have an availability of 99%. It means that we cannot stop any more the operations. The vessel will not go in dry dock anymore. We have no maintenance allowance anymore. So what does it mean in reality? 
is that even from the moment that the LNG is coming from the shipyard, which has a certain um, design inert availability, which is lower than the one that we need to be complying with, then we need to do something else. And that's what we call, in fact, availability through maintenance. Meaning that we need to do a lot of more things that we normally do for a ship in concerning maintenance, technical-wise. So we have a very specific strategy now um, in place within Exmar ship management to, to be able to manage this kind of contracts. Secondly, now that we see how it is working on our new building uh, projects, we will do just the same for LPG. And why on LPG? Because LPG is a completely different uh, objective. Nevertheless, we will have a, a strategy which is also more um, to be able to comply with cost efficiency because LPG, the objective is always cost efficient. So it means that, for example, we are doing now on the new building project, but also on the LPG fleet, we are doing condition-based monitoring. This morning we talked already about data, uh, big data transfer. We are doing the same also for the LPG fleet. So I'm just will give you the the fact that due to the fact that we have these new new building projects which have a little bit of special contract, we know that it's working. We will do it also for the simple trading shipping. So it means also for the LPG vessel. Thank you, Daniela. <clears throat> Of course, being a maintenance excellence manager says quite a lot uh, on your uh, elaborate approach to the issue. Uh, let's move further down the line. Uh, Andreas, your point of view? Thank you, Theo. Thank you, Nicolas Kavidal-Link. You know, the, the subject, optimizing technical fleet manager uh, management from a third-party technical manager's point of view, it's, it's somehow a bit theoretical as well, because, because of the variables which are there in uh, managing the ships. I'll give you an example. For, uh, for an Asian client, cost, uh, the, the, the fleet optimization is simply as low cost as possible, no, uh, uh, no off-hire, obviously, and if possible, zero management fees. If you take, uh, let's say, a North European client, the, uh, the optimization would be, um, they, they would not accept to pay very low management fees. They, want to pay, they would want to pay high management fees, and they would uh, strive to make sure that the technical condition of the ship is acceptable and maintained and improved, not, not only during the time of the docking, but during the five-year uh, five cycle, or seven and a half years, or two and a half years. So, Basically, the, the subject of optimization depends, from our point of view, on the client requirements. So each client has obviously different requirements. At the same time, it depends on the type of the ship. If, if indeed you have a tanker which is, uh, again another example, if you have a tanker which is owned by Chinese interests, trading in uh, Chinese coastal uh, uh, trade, then uh, managing the ship uh, together, let's say, with uh, our friends of uh, Xinhai that I mentioned earlier is an ideal setup because you trade locally and you optimize your operations with uh, Chinese seafarers in China. 
Whereas if you take exactly the same ship and you operate in, in the US, in, uh, then, then it's a completely different ball game. So really, when it comes to optimization, our role is really to understand the client and make sure that the client gets the kind of service uh, they wish. And of course, money is, is very important. We have clients on the passenger ship side that uh, they are willing to invest very large amounts of money to uh, automate processes, to digitalize the ship, uh, the ship environment, to make sure that the, the control from the office has been optimized through sensors and so on. But at the same time, we have the traditional ship owners that perhaps bought the ships at the wrong time, and for them it's a matter of survival. So, you know, it, the, the subject really depends on the variables of each uh, certain client. Definitely, your job is more difficult than any other job because you have, instead of one or two clients, you have a number of clients that everybody has a different point of view. And that is exactly what we expect from the panel. Everybody has a different point of view. And the perception of optimi optimizing technical ship management varies basically because the owners and the clients, in other words, have a different point of view. Thank you, Address. Let's move forward. Uh, I'll go to George. Thank you, Dio. Uh, I would like to go back to the definition you gave us about optimization and to add that in uh, the real shipping world, the practice of uh, optimizing is restricted by the lack of uh, full information and sometimes even the lack of time to evaluate the quality or the reliability of the available information. Uh, within a shipping company, the technical management relies heavily in managing the internally and externally imposed constraints. And these constraints are very, very important. In our organization, we believe that establishing solid but uh, clear procedures and taking advantage of the technological innovation are the critical factors for maintaining the technical efficiency to the desired standard. Uh, in our company, as opposed to the previous speaker's company, we do not do third-party management. We manage only a single owner's vessels, a mixture of VLCCs, clean Aframax tankers, and bulk carriers. But even within the same company, the strategy may vary from uh, fleet to fleet. In our fleet, we place a particular emphasis on the overall vessel's propulsive efficiency. Establishing a reliable model for the expected performance of the ship and comparing the actual performance to the theoretical one allows us to improve our efficiency and most importantly achieve measurable results. And the emphasis is on measurable. The latest uh, developments, especially real-time data collection from the vessels are of uh, particular importance. Let me give you an example. Achieving a voyage optimization uh, for a VLCC in the spot market and for a capsized bulk carrier in a long-term time charter is not the same thing for obvious reasons. Using a real-time main engine analysis to provide uh, speed instructions in the former case is possible, but when a ship is on time charter, you have to utilize the data to achieve the best result under a third party's speed instructions. So this gives you an idea of uh, how you need to optimize from case to case with a different strategy. Thank you very much, George. Quite different approach. Let's move on to Dimitris. Uh, we are an owner uh, slash manager ourselves. 
I have to confirm, though, exactly what Mr. Hadzipedru said uh, at uh, one stage of his um, address. Uh, optimization is not always, in our view, uh, reducing costs. Uh, in many times, we aim at more value. Uh, maybe we are prepared to pay what we are paying for a specific activity, but we're looking to get more value that down the line will translate maybe to less costs at some other uh, account item uh, or make our lives easier. So I don't think that when we say optimization, is, is, uh, it's, it's a very broad issue. I think we have to look, and we do look, uh, at, at the source structure as well. Um, uh, it's easy and the most obvious areas may be uh, to focus on uh, voguest performance, uh, maintenance, uh, spares management, uh, you know, inventories, how much we keep on board the vessels versus maybe a depot style kind of uh, supply chain, supply the vessels uh, where, uh, you know, prices are the best. These are rather, I think, obvious areas, but technology nowadays give us uh, many other options. Uh, we can have the same kind of training, maybe even better training, at the same cost, uh, maybe internally developed, uh, I think that's an optimization. Uh, you can get more value from superintendent visits, for example, uh, if you focus on certain areas that maybe we don't have this information in the office and instead of double checking things that they are already available in the office nowadays, they only check what we don't know, the, the picture that we don't have. I think all these things are actually uh, optimization uh, items, and uh, as an owner, that um, we want to be for the long term, and uh, I don't want to say that to have a, diff a different interest uh, from the third party manager, but uh, certain, at certain points in time, we do have d uh, different priorities. I think we have to have a more holistic view, except than only maybe bogus performance or um, maintenance, let's say, routines. Thank you very much, Dimitris. You are absolutely right. Uh, uh, the cost parameter is not the only one. However, when we have in the mind of us the optimization, we always think about cost. Cost, uh, the word cost itself is a very uh, sexy one and creates a lot of interest in every discussion, in every panel, and uh, quite frankly, the majority of uh, our operations, daily operations, are involved with cost. Uh, we shouldn't, though, forget that uh, the image of the company, uh, the image and uh, the perception that our clients have uh, to us is also very important, and uh, it is not uh, very easily quantified uh, what does it cost. Thank you very much, uh, Dimitri. Let's move forward to Lucas. Lucas, give us your also point of view. So I would like to express my views mainly, uh, mainly from a technical point of view. Uh, focusing on the impact of an uh, effective plan maintenance system and uh, in the process of, optimi of, the, of optimizing the overall uh, fleet management. Uh, as we know, in a highly challenging shipping environment where we are now called to cope with operation uh, of more complex systems, like for instance, uh, propulsion and powering plants of uh, dual fuel, um, the latest generation of electronic two-stroke engines, uh, sophisticated tier three engine complex designs with a significant number of additional components, uh, the constant need of operating uh, ballast water treatment systems, 
uh, exhaust gas scrubbers and uh, uh, reduction or improvement of emission ratings, uh, improvement of speed, uh, reduction of, uh, of hull resistance. I think uh, uh, along with the additional tools required to facilitate the best possible uh, monitoring of uh, critical performance parameters, uh, all these uh, complicated systems uh, on which uh, the modern technical management relies on uh, should more than ever be reliable and fully functional. Uh, for this reason, I do believe that uh, in order to keep all these systems uh, in a very good functional and reliable uh, state, uh, we need to adopt an ideal uh, plan maintenance system. Uh, many non-engineers, uh, mainly accountants, consider that uh, the maintenance uh, and the plan maintenance is a necessary evil. However, the real purpose of uh, efficient maintenance and a well-established efficient ship management system is to enable the company to achieve its objectives by minimizing operating costs, maximizing long-term profits, and also maximizing a level of service subject to a specified budget. And also to demonstrate excellent performance and reliability with a subsequent positive effect on commercial operations. Uh, if in general we uh, examine, let's say, from a technical point of view, uh, the whole concept, we may realize that uh, uh, to achieve all these objectives is not a simple matter. Uh, maintenance costs, as well as costs related to human resource management and uh, training of crew uh, can be easily reduced in almost all situations. But what is the final price that we have to pay? The final price we need to pay is obviously frequent breakdowns resulting in expensive downtime, rapid degradation of the ship and its machinery, and jeopardy of companies' commercial credibility, reputation, and statutory status. Um, basically, Something that we need also to focus on is, except from, a, a, let's say, to, to establish a well, highly sophisticated, uh, let's say, um, plan maintenance system, is also to cultivate safety culture and proper engineering and good seamanship culture, um, in, uh, especially in our officers through training. Um, close collaboration and training with our officers uh, is uh, a major investment of utmost importance, and it certainly pays back in the long term. Um, I, okay, yeah. Thank you, Lucas. With one breath, you cover a vast area of uh, our discussions. Uh, we'll come back to you. Um, of course, technical, uh, unfortunately, it is not the only area that uh, technical uh, ship management is concerned. We do have uh, the technical issue, we have the crewing issue, we have uh, accounting and finance, we have uh, safety and quality, and last but not least, of course, we have the supplies. All these areas uh, are our daily operations, and all of them have to, to be optimized somehow. Uh, 
So I think that uh, the points of view that we got from our panelists are a little bit different from each other. Nevertheless, uh, I, the majority of uh, the perceptions that everybody has is basically related to cost and avoiding downtime as far as our technical optimizing technical ship management is concerned. I will move uh, forward a little bit with one more question that uh, I will uh, highlight uh, a couple of areas. One of them is uh, technology development, which has to do with ballast water, uh, LNG fuel, scrubbers, water emulsion, electrical propulsion. That has to do with uh, environmental issues and how these technological developments or the technology developments, in other words, affects our optimizing uh, procedures uh, of the technical fleet manager, Andreas. Obviously, we rely on technology and uh, the technological developments. They, they help uh, optimize the fleet uh, performance. And, and surely, we are looking into all these areas that you have mentioned, uh, Theod. But, you know, as, as we discussed earlier, so, so this relates as well to software. This relates to the technical expertise, to the training of the people. Actually, you can combine also SIP uh, systems and software in this question, which they come together. Yes. So, so the, the challenge is, on the one hand, to analyze each uh, each one of the vessels differently and make sure that what is uh, what has been provided is is optimum for the specific uh, ship but at the same time you need to train the people internally and to make sure that the technical expertise is is expanded to, to the maximum possible effect because uh, you know we discuss a lot about training the people on uh, on the ships and so on and we are all investing through all the, the systems we have but it's also investing in the people in the office. And, and this is also, it has been for us um, a changed environment in the sense that 20 years ago, the superintendent on board, uh, the superintendent in the office was the chief engineer with 15 years experience that it took 15 years or 20 years to become a chief engineer. So for him, uh, the expertise was the engine and how the, sh the ship has been operated, whereas in the new generation of engineers, it's a lot more about automation, about uh, electronics, and so on. Therefore, it's not just enough anymore to concentrate on the technical side of things, but you need to have uh, expertise on navigation communication, on, uh, I mean, we discussed earlier on cybersecurity, you need expertise on, uh, on even, even a paint uh, coding supervisor we have hired internally so that we optimize the knowledge in-house so we can provide the better service. Thank you, Andreas. George. Well, thank you. Um, well, technological advance, I think, is uh, inextricably linked to efficiency. And the two most important parameters in the last few years, apart from uh, uh, the regulatory landslide other people in this panel have referred to, uh, are the cheap access to electronics and the very low communication costs. And this, in a way, has transformed the industry. I think that uh, the trend nowadays is to move towards real-time data collection from the fleet and apply models remotely to monitor operations and vessels efficiency in real time. This is very important 
we try to um, have systems that are able to give us information in real, in real time. In some cases, we have been able to find problems on board the ships and on board the power plants well before the chief engineer has recognized he had one. Of course, at the same time, many problems are imposed. We have huge need for retrofitting electronic infrastructure, servers, transmitters, networks, or communication equipment, firewalls. With all above comes the need from software and communication engineers and the usual dilemma do we build an in-house system or we, do we outsource? Do we have a critical mass to develop our own software or we prefer to use off-the-shelf equipment? All these considerations are very important and vary from company to company, I think. Thank you, George. Daniela? Yes, indeed. Um, what we are doing, for example, internally, we are busy actually with a complete new CMMS system. Um, which is our own technology, in fact. Um, and that will give us also the possibility to have this, the several platforms where we can have all this data, all the real data is coming in also in that same platform. Additionally, everything which is measured uh, on, on the vessel concerning condition monitoring will also be there on another platform. So in fact, all the information real-time information, operation information, maintenance and equipment, um, condition information will all be in the same platform. It's something that we are developing actually. So that's the first thing. Now I want also to come back to the people, uh, the perspective of the people. How we are doing now is that from the moment that we want to do some changes on the maintenance plan and we are reviewing, for example, the complete LPG maintenance plan, I'm always using the people on board, meaning they are coming to the office when they are on leave, for example, and they do the review with us, meaning that in fact you need to involve them. In every technology that you want to implement on a vessel, you need to involve them, the people themselves. At that moment, they will learn also much better what you want, first of all, and secondly, they, want, they will learn how to work with it. So that's the most important thing. So there are two things. It's the technology and it's the people thing. Thank you, Daniela. Very nice. Dimitris? Yes, I think uh, technology has solved uh, the problem for us of getting data and numbers. And uh, it basically has shifted the question and uh, what we expect uh, from ourselves in the office on uh, how to read the data properly. So it's all about uh, quality nowadays, uh, where we build our benchmarks, what kind of uh, signs we want to see uh, if we want uh, to, to identify a problem. So I think uh, technology has given us this kind of, uh, I don't know if it's a luxury, I think it's a different challenge, that now you do have the data that we used to chase around uh, maybe 10 years back. Uh, so the whole challenge is now, okay, what we're doing with it, how we extract value. Uh, definitely, the people that we have in the office uh, have become more, uh, more important in that kind of, uh, in that kind of uh, perspective. Uh, although I have to say that still a tremendous amount of uh, data we receive and information absolutely depends on the crew. So optimizing this kind of exchange 
means very much having uh, the best possible relationship with the crew on board. Thank you, Dimitris. Uh, I think all the panelists are focusing on the same issues and uh, they are very obvious that uh, technology does help. However, training of crew is very, very essential as well. And uh, as we've heard earlier on, it's quite imperative to be very competitive in that area as well. Lucas, can you give us your points, please? Uh, as regards um, the uh, newly developed my communication systems installed on board uh, vessels, uh, which was a major breakthrough, which has been achieved and has facilitated, of course, uh, the transmission of data, which is absolutely necessary for continuous monitoring. So uh, monitoring of uh, uh, significant uh, data uh, like uh, performance uh, data and uh, evaluation of uh, sleep and uh, resistance and all these uh, factors which are affecting the daily performance of the vessels along with the daily reporting of uh, um, a certain number of jobs executed on board and uh, all the um, reports supporting uh, and, uh, and the document supporting uh, the maintenance jobs uh, carried out on board. Um, this is, let's say, a um, combination of uh, data which uh, need to be transferred with uh, all these new uh, technological developments, you know, to the office in order to, um, let's say, uh, make a better evaluation and um, and uh, keep the performance in the, uh, of the vessel, you know, in, uh, at the highest possible level. Thank you, Lucas. Let's move forward with one uh, very classical question that has been raised uh, several times, uh, but still there are more to go. What are your views regarding performance indicators, key performance indicators, and benchmarking in relation to optimizing uh, technical ship management. I'll go to Dimitris. Thank you, Tio. Well, that's an excellent uh, issue. Uh, personally, I believe they're absolutely essential, and at the same time, they're very difficult to, them, to make them work properly. Uh, it may sound contradictory. Uh, what basically I'm trying to say is that uh, we definitely need to have uh, quantitative data like KPIs and performance indicators are supposed to give us. On the other hand, it's easy to miss the point if you don't set them properly. Uh, they do require refinement. Uh, from our own um, experience, we have refined KPIs over time when we realized that we're not really measuring what we wanted to measure. So I think it has to be part of our toolbox. It has to be part of our arsenal. Uh, but it do, they do require a careful and a lot of work to set them properly, including benchmarking values. Thank you, Dimitris. Uh, obviously, everybody understands that setting uh, PIs, KPIs, and SPIs uh, internally is a procedure that uh, definitely is going to give results. Um, of course, uh, going forward to benchmarking, uh, internal benchmarking uh, is uh, directly related to these uh, indices, uh, 
but the majority of us are having difficulties in having external data in order to compare their performance with uh, the rest of the industry, and I'm quite sure that Daniela is going to elaborate on that. Yes, indeed, it's very difficult to do uh, external benchmarking. Apparently, um, our colleagues, uh, competitors, are not really uh, don't really want to give all the information, and it's very difficult to compare. The only where we can be compared now, for example, for the FSRU and for the liquefaction unit, is the onshore industry. But okay, we want, we should like more to, to keep it in the, in, in the same uh, business. At the other hand, um, for example, um, in our case for the LPG fleet, where we have, for example, six the same uh, vessels, four the same vessels, and, and again, seven the same vessels, there we have a lot of possibility to do uh, internal uh, benchmarking, uh, which helps, because apparently you see then the the, the one master next to the other master contacting each other and saying how you do this and this and you have better figures for this and me etc. So it helps for one another hand, it helps internally. Nevertheless, we are not still so far, we are still busy with uh, making new KPIs, surely now with the new platforms that we will have. What we also want to do and surely for the technical side is uh, to be able uh, over the whole fleet to look for the bad actors. Uh, we see, for example, that uh, a lot of things are problems or issues for certain pumps, for example, are coming uh, on several f vessels coming back, but nobody really sees it. Nobody sees that, in fact, it's a, a bad actor for the whole fleet because we are missing completely the overview. And that is something which we will do more from, from our office side. And that's also the reason why we want these kind of platforms to be able to compare things one by another one, because uh, the chief engineers themselves will not do it, only when they know each other, but for the rest it's not the case. So that's very important, and, and also KPIs are very important just to, to make the comparison internally possible. Thank you, Daniela. And to improve, of course. Definitely, thank you very much. Uh, Andreas. Uh, not really much to add to what has been said, just a comment that anyway our business has been, uh, uh, we have to fulfill KPIs, we have to uh, measure the performance and so on. This is through TMSA, this is through uh, client uh, arrangements and so on. But I must say that benchmarking for us is very important. And whoever uh, is asking me to benchmark prices, to benchmark performance and so on, I'm actually always very much willing to do that because this is for us a way to learn as well. And nobody can claim that is better than in everything. And unless you are really honest and you exchange information and you know where you can improve, you will never improve. So uh, there is whoever wants to uh, benchmark and, uh, and compare figures or uh, statistics, I'm actually very willing to do that at all times. I think address that very open approach. Lucas. I fully agree with um, um, opinions uh, expressed by uh, all uh, the colleagues. I just feel that uh, benchmarking uh, is also extremely important, but uh, the major challenge is to uh, 
um, uh, let's say, to judge uh, how, uh, I mean, whether it's reliable, uh, the data, I mean, given to uh, the office, uh, whether it is reliable or not, is extremely important. And uh, I do feel that this is the biggest challenge. That's for sure is the, one of the biggest challenges, the quality of uh, data that we gather uh, in order to do our job. Uh, George? I remember that during uh, one previous forum, you mentioned that uh, the single most important KPI is of higher time, um, if I'm not mistaken. But um, speaking purely from the technical point of view, um, for us, the KPI selection, uh, as well as its fine-tuning, relies heavily on the nature of the company. And um, as far as the propulsive efficiency of the ship is concerned, we believe that um, the, K the propulsive efficiency difference from the sea trials or the last dry docking to the current vessel performance is the single most important KPI uh, in our technical department. Thank you, George. You remember well. Uh, let's move towards the last question, which is uh, quite theoretical. Uh, just think uh, any future challenge that we might face uh, and just say if this challenge is going to, to affect the optimizing process that you have set within your company. Andres. Do you want me to answer on the list that I have written already, or I'll, I'll just go for a more spontaneous answer? I think a problem the industry has is that we have no standardization. We all do things differently, and the answer to the previous questions were also somehow, you know, uh, there were a number of variables. Um, even on the KPIs, which, and, and we have intermanager and so on, standard KPIs and so on. What do we have done with the critical mass of the ships we have? We have realized that we need to move to the next level. And when I say to the next level, I always refer to Socrates as an example. He was talking to me about cybersecurity three years ago, and I was actually not really listening. Now, as it was explained earlier, he scared everybody with the robot. So. What we said in our organization, we said, okay, on the technology side, we recognize that we can do our own thing and progress and somehow be a step behind, uh, at, at, not at all times, but once you finish your software, then it's already time for the new one. So we have decided to, st to strategically join forces with Lufthansa because they are, uh, the aviation industry is well ahead of, of shipping and we have decided together with them to help them uh, somehow come into shipping, but also from our side, learn from the aviation and help them design their uh, complete package on the shipping industry. So generally what we're looking for is, you know, 10 years ahead, because otherwise uh, we will all be somehow a step uh, behind. Thank you, Andreas. You should have been listening to Despina, though, if you haven't listened to Socrates. George. Well, uh, I think most people have mentioned that the fragmented uh, regulatory framework is uh, one of the biggest hurdles nowadays. Uh, but uh, the future challenges uh, repair, uh, depend also on two other things as well. There are the known unknowns and the unknown unknowns. The known unknowns, are, I will give you an example. 
I think uh, somebody in the previous uh, panel mentioned that uh, the difference between uh, heavy fuel oil and uh, MGO is a key factor in calculating the payback period for a scrubber. Uh, similar considerations for all uh, technology that is going to be uh, introduced to the vessels ca can be made. Scenarios according to the various unknowns, the nature of which we know. But there are unknown unknowns. Black Swan scenario, for which the only thing we can do, and I think this applies to any uh, shipping company, is to train our people well enough so they are prepared and educated to cope with what the future will bring to us. Thank you, George. Daniel? Um, for us, the future is, of course, what I already mentioned, I think, all in the beginning. Um, due to the fact that we have such a special contracts where availability is such important, we are going more and more to what we call a tailor-made maintenance plan, meaning depending from the capacity that they need, uh, depending from the rigas, the capacity they need, the availability, which is in, uh, mentioned in the, in the contract, and also concerning the cost, uh, and to decrease the cost, we will go for such kind of maintenance plan. The next step is that we are going to optimize even this plan more and more. Actually, we have uh, a modeling system or software um, uh, in the office now, and we are able to check if, if we are doing now condition for condition maintenance for this kind of equipment, yes or no, if it is more, more efficient, for example, more cost efficient, yes or no, than just preventive maintenance, and so on. So you can play with it, you can play also with the design, due to the fact that Exmar is also uh, doing some new building projects, we can start from the beginning by modeling it. Now, if you really look to the future, and Exmar is also a very innovative uh, shipping uh, uh, yeah, company. Um, we are also thinking to the autonomous uh, shipping, um, which means that uh, we are also, uh, in fact, we are also in one of the new uh, pi pilot projects in, uh, in Europe. Um, I think we need to go more and more to predictive maintenance. I think also one of our panel people has said it today. It means that we will try to to be able to say when an equipment will really fail before it's failing. And we are really able, surely we, because we have several equipment which are on several vessels and we have history of this equipment. So we are now able to even calculate the failure rate for some of these equipment. So this is the first step. So in fact, we want to go to more life cycle management. And, and the next thing, which is also already started on, is in fact we want to go to a more data-driven maintenance, which means in fact, again, the same, all data coming from operations, from the equipment and everything together will give us the opportunity to take the right decision if we need to overhaul something, yes or no. That's in fact what, and that it will be also have an effect on cost and not only on availability. So it takes the both things. And that's what we want to go for. Thank you very much, Danelia. Dimitris? Uh, I think that uh, from a technical standpoint, the biggest challenge I can personally see for further optimizing our uh, operations is uh, 2020 and uh, all the unknowns around this by far. Uh, if we were to move outside the strictly technical, um, let's say, areas, I would say that uh, the biggest challenge for further optimization would probably 
continue to be uh, the whole crewing thing. Uh, we operate um, in a very similar sector like uh, Exmar, very strict uh, expectations from our customers, regulatory bodies, etc. The current situation is difficult as it is. Uh, I think that going forward uh, will stay at least as difficult as it is now. Thank you, Dimitris. Lucas, you are the last one, and we have to conclude. I believe that the biggest challenge, the biggest challenge, is basically lack of expertise. Uh, we are dealing with new systems, uh, uh, highly sophisticated systems, which uh, need a uh, high level of knowledge, in especially as regards the electronic and electrical part of it. And so far, I think uh, we, we do not have um, well-trained people that will be able to deal uh, with uh, problem solving and uh, give uh, in-house solutions. I do believe that uh, we all have experienced problems with uh, ballast water treatments, for instance, whereby even the makers of the system are unable to give solutions. So this is my biggest fear. And uh, we have to find some ways, you know, predictively to avoid uh, problems in future uh, by adopting, let's say, a strict plan maintenance approach. Thank you, Lucas. Uh, I'm afraid time, time is running up and I can see already 10 people asking, want to ask questions, but I'm afraid we don't have that uh, time. Uh, I will conclude. Uh, uh, coming back to the initial question that you raised, that uh, uh, where should we focus on as far as uh, optimizing technical SIP management is concerned? I'm afraid the answer is that we have to focus on everything. As you've heard uh, of uh, these discussions that we had, and also during the previous panels, that there's nothing that we can be, uh, there's no area that we can be relaxed. Uh, the, the, the environment is highly competitive, so uh, optimizing all processes in all respects on all the activities uh, uh, of the company uh, has to be our uh, primary target. Thank you very much once again for listening. Uh, thank you, Nicholas. Thank you, the panel. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.